Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brendan McCullough, and we're joined by a very special, super exciting guest on the program today. Uh, you may know her from SourceFed, What's News, The Dungeon Rundown, her personal Twitch stream, or the many other projects she's involved in, but we have Trisha Hirschberger in the house. How are you doing, Trisha? I'm so good. How are you guys? Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. Yes, so excited to have you. (laughs) That's what I mean. I can't believe you were able to fit us in your schedule. We're so grateful. Uh, How are you doing, though? I'm good. Um, You know, I think like everybody, kind of in this time of quarantine, when the industry is changing, things are shifting around. But I'm very fortunate to still be busy. Just, I, you know, it's a lot of the on-camera hosting work that I do has slowed down because studios aren't open and you can't film in person. So some of the shows that I regularly host have gone on hiatus or gone down to a uh, less frequent posting schedule. Um, Some of them have asked that I produce from home, which then, of course, is, (laughs) you know, double the work. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah for the same job pretty much but uh <laughs> and then also i brand deals and um like sponsored posting and sponsored streams and stuff like that has just skyrocketed and i mean i have to guess that that's because companies don't have the traditional avenues they would have to market they can't go and mm-hmm. film a commercial with a 50 person crew or you know whatever they would normally be doing with their marketing budget in q3 and q4 so a lot of them are having to turn to digital content creators for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. So that, I guess, is a good starting point. Can you maybe give us a little background pitch for any of our listeners who might be unfamiliar with your work? There's just so much to cover (laughs) with you. Can you summarize very briefly (laughs) uh, thousands of things you've done? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You guys are hilarious. Um, (laughs) So I have a pretty diverse career. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess the... uh, The simplest way to say it would be that I started out with a classical theater degree and moved out to Los Angeles to be an entertainer and kind of tripped and fell into YouTube. So at the time that I tripped and fell into YouTube, I didn't know that you could just make your own content talking about stuff you like and that that could be an actual career. I mean, this this was back in 2011, 2012, where you know, really monetizing a digital following was just starting to take off. So I, uh, one of the auditions I happened to go on for that day was online news host, and it ended up being source fed. Um, That's amazing. And so I, yeah, so I got thrust into that world when really, like I said, you know, my background was theater. I was moving out to LA to do commercials and television and film. And, you know, I always joked around that if it was a paying job and it let me keep my clothes on, I would take it. Um, <laughs> totally. You know, like I was the Hamburglar for a few years because that paid well. I'll, whatever. Wow. Uh, and Wait, so like when in I'm, the costume or like? Oh, yeah. Voice? Like in the costume. <laughs> oh, 100%. But you know what? It beat waiting tables. And there you go. <laughs> I, you know, I considered a somewhat entertainment gig. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I wasn't like too proud to take anything at that point. And online news host was fine. You know, like I was like, I'm not a journalist, but cool, whatever, it's a gig. Mm. Uh, And so, yeah, so it ended up working out. And what was cool about that audition was that they were really looking for people to develop content for the SourceFed Nerd Channel, what would be the SourceFed Nerd Channel. It didn't exist at that point. Um, And I just personally happened to be really into video games and tech, specifically in like the PC and smartphone space. 
Um, yeah. So when I went for this audition for online news host, I did my news pieces that they asked me to prepare. And then they were like, so uh, do you play video games? And I was kind of like, <laughs> go like, on. <laughs> totally not what I was expecting to talk about in this audition, but like, cool, I'm down. Um, and so we just kind of chatted about video games and about tech and uh, about like movies and books. And I remember leaving that audition and thinking, I don't know what they're actually casting for, but I think I nailed it. Nice. <laughs> um, and so anyway, yeah, they brought me on and I was, of course, an online news host for a little while until we were able to launch SourceFed Nerd. So that kind of spun me into like I was always looking at it from a on-camera position standpoint, like I want to be on camera talent, but because I got thrust into that position, I was then producing and doing development and, you know, all of this stuff, journalistic writing, like all this stuff that I didn't, I never really thought my career would take me there, but that's where my career had taken me. And I realized that I liked it. Uh, So when I, after being at SourceFed for three years and doing a few side gigs in that time period, but really SourceFed was kind of all consuming and took up so much time that you couldn't do anything else. Um, sure. At that point, I started to branch out and thought, you know, creatively, I want more of a challenge. Um, so let me go ahead and, you know, see what I can do freelance. And so then I started working with Escapist and I started working with All Me and I, uh, I really started branching out and kind of getting guest spots on IGN here and there and, um, and, and doing the legwork and starting to kind of carve out this content creator career for myself, content creator slash on-camera host and on-camera personality. And it's only gone great from there. In 2015, I established my own production company and started my own production company. Thank you. That's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. And so now my career is kind of this, like I said, weird amalgamation of like, sometimes I'm an on-camera talent. Sometimes Mm. I'm a producer. Sometimes I'm in development. Sometimes I'm writing. Sometimes I'm working more in social media and social media marketing and All of those different things together make a full career. So I'm not like, I think a lot of people are like, I'm a YouTuber because all their money comes from YouTube or Mm -hmm. I'm a Twitch streamer because all their money comes from Twitch. And then kind of their other social media platforms or whatnot support whatever that main thing is. Mm -hmm. And I don't have that set up at all. I am kind of a jack of all trades kind of evenly spread across all of those things without having major numbers in any one particular, if that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. You make it really hard to introduce you on the podcast because <laughs> there's just so many things to cover. It's, uh, <laughs> it's less of a ton of hats on a hat rack and more of like the hat rack is made of hats. Like there it's we just go. all hats. <laughs> Nothing but hats. Um, well, okay. One funny tidbit that you mentioned there was that you have a classical theater degree and you earned it from DeSales University. I went to DeSales University. I heard about this on Kind of Funny when they had you on for We Have Cool Friends. And I wanted to ask you, when you were at the Sales University, was the mascot the Bulldogs? It changed while I was there. No, okay, and that's why I ask you, because I thought that might be the case. From what I've been told, it used to be the centaurs. And I'm thinking to myself, why would anyone change a mascot (laughs) from centaur to bulldog? Bulldog is so overdone. And yet, and I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm a D&D nerd, and I know that you have a love for D&D too. Like, But centaurs, that is just such a cool mascot, and it got taken from us. You know why it got (laughs) taken, though, right? 
Uh-oh. No, what happened? Uh oh, there's background that I'm unaware of. <laughs> the lore. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, as a D and D nerd, was also bummed about this transition, and also, what a small world that we both went to right, sail. Yeah, yeah. I'm so excited about it. That's <laughs> yeah, so funny. Thanks. But yeah, the centaurs got taken away because traditionally centaurs are a little bit rapey. Oh no. Okay. Well, then that's fair. That's, <laughs> I had no so, idea. <laughs> so the college looked at like them oh, being Lord. centaurs, and we're like. We should probably not be that. <laughs> well, yeah, it is a Catholic school, so I guess yeah. that is very yeah. fair. So, I mean, a lot of us D&D nerds were like, oh, please, you can pick and choose what parts of Greek mythology you take. Brah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keep the centaurs. But that, oh, that was the reasoning it. behind it is because centaurs are a little bit rapey, yeah. and they thought that bulldogs might be a little more wholesome of a mask. <laughs> that- I got the closure I needed. Thank you for coming yeah. on our podcast. That's it, everybody. No, okay, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what if we change it up to like the Minotaur? Nope, still rapey. What about? Nope, <laughs> oh, what about the Greek god? Nope, still. Ooh, wow. Greece, Greek mythology is real bad, ain't it? <laughs> Pretty problematic. Um. So that's a question that I had for you, though. It seems like you have always been a gamer, and if that's been the case, what was the first gaming console you recall owning, and maybe the first game you recall playing? Ooh, what a fun question. Yes, that is definitely always the case. I had a real hard time making friends as a kid. Relatable. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And so because of that, when video games came on the scene, I was like, wait, I can play a game without having to beg my parents to play it with me? (laughs) Like it was, this is the best thing ever. Uh, Yeah. yeah. So uh, for me, when all my friends were getting the original NES, I was begging my parents for it, but I was the oldest sibling. And my parents, at the time, the NES was heavily marketed towards boys. And so my parents were like, that's probably not so much a thing that you want. Um, And so they kind of put it off and put it off and put it off. Uh, But I kept begging. And eventually, someone that my dad works with had upgraded their kids to an NES and was getting rid of a COM64. And so he was like, yeah, I'm just getting rid of this. And so my dad was like, ah, that's video games, right? I think my kid would (laughs) like that. Uh, and so my dad brought home a con 64, <laughs> but for me who had nothing else, I was like, Oh my God, this is the best thing ever. Totally. Uh, so I like, remember like text-based adventure games. And, like, <laughs> That's amazing. Super old school. Um, but I feel like I always have to preface it with like, I'm like, yeah, com 64, but I'm not that old. <laughs> Just got it like really hand me down. Um, but then eventually after having that for about a year, my parents got me the original Nintendo entertainment system. Um, awesome. And the cool thing about that was I got the NES while everybody else was getting a super nes so they were selling their regular nes cartridges for like five or ten bucks a pop at garage sales around the neighborhood very nice yep so that's awesome right so i could like quickly amass a pretty good nintendo gaming cartridge collection um but then after the nes my parents said no more video games for you because they thought i was addicted Uh, so I was never allowed to have the Super NES, the Sega Genesis, any of those. So at that point in my gaming career, I switched over to PC games because we did have a computer in the house and, um, I was like, cool. Okay. Well, I can, you know, play King's Quest and Monkey Island and, uh, what else can I get my hands on? And that's actually what got me into technology because I read the box for the back of the original Doom, and it said you needed 4 MB of RAM to run this game. (laughs) And so I was like, cool, Dad, what is this? And he was like, I don't know. Um, Right. (laughs) 
So I had to figure it out and I had to figure out how to put more RAM in our very ancient system so that I could run Doom only to run it and say, this game is horrifying. I don't think I can play this uh, because I was scared. And to this day, yeah. I play a lot of horror games. But I did find other games that I liked. Return to Zork was a favorite back then in the PC days and Mist and Riven and that whole series. Oh, and, hell yeah. Hell yeah. And like, of course, all the old like Where in the World is Carmen San Diego and all those PC games. Um, so I, I have, like, different generations of my gaming history. But, yeah, on, like, Com 64, probably the original text-based adventure games, Frogger, you know, uh, and then on NES, Bubble Bobble, Paperboy. Um, I pretty much had, like, every NES game you can think of because that was the only console I was allowed to have <laughs> for so long. I saw you were actually playing Paperboy on stream um, earlier this week, like, yesterday two days ago yeah i was um i do so every minute that you hang out watching my stream you collect dragon scales and you can trade in your dragon scales for a variety of different prizes and one of my viewers traded in dragon scales to request a game and they requested paperboy for the original nes so that's how that stream happened that's awesome the fact that you got past a single level of paperboy impressed me because that was what that was the impossible game as a kid yeah i beat it on stream I was very proud of myself. My six-year-old self would have like been so proud. <laughs> uh, well, that's one question I had for you is when did your Twitch journey begin? So Twitch became a thing for me. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, uh, I, it, it was while I was working at SourceFed. And SourceFed and SourceFed Nerd had, I guess it was just SourceFed Maine had a Twitch channel. Um, okay. And so, you know, we were creating content for SourceFed's Twitch channel. And for me, I was like, oh, man, I kind of like this better than the pre-recorded stuff. Like, it appealed to the theater kid in me to mm -hmm. be able to have an audience to react off of live and have that sense of community. Um, Definitely. And so I just thought, you know, I kind of I kind of like this. And so at that time, it was one of those things where applying for a partner contract was very different than it is today. And so you had to write a letter. And I remember like writing a letter and saying, hey, I'm on SourceFed and I want to give this a go. And whoever we contacted at Twitch was knew who SourceFed was. Uh, and so we're like, yeah, no problem. Here's your partner contract. Uh, wow. So that nice. was awesome. Um, but yeah, that was seven years ago, maybe. Um, and so at that time, I was so busy with SourceFed and like trying to build a hosting career in my production company and so many other things that I rarely streamed to Twitch. It was like, when I have funsy time mm -hmm. once or twice a month, this could be cool. Um, and so I, I never really focused on building my Twitch channel solidly until probably, I don't know, maybe three years ago ish. Um, but it just kind of became as, as YouTube became a less and less creator friendly platform to create for. Yeah. I found myself enjoying tw creating for Twitch more and more. And so I naturally wanted to spend my time there. And because still to this day, most of my income comes from my hosting jobs. Um, mm -hmm. Any content creation that I'm going to do is really like in my free time and just because I enjoy creating. Um, totally. And so when I looked at, you know, I can spend six to eight hours producing a high quality YouTube video to not have it make any money and have half the comments be jerky, toxic comments – or I can spend three hours playing a video game with online friends that I've known for years, like via online, and yeah. just hang out. It For me, it became a no-brainer. And then especially when Twitch just became monetarily 
so much more feasible than YouTube. Like when the scales balanced out and went the other direction, I was like, okay, yeah, sorry. Sorry, YouTube. Bye-bye. Uh, so <laughs> totally. I, I still have my YouTube channel and I still create for it when I have – It's it, honestly, it's mostly when I have a brand that really wants a pre-recorded video. That makes sense. Then I'm like, okay, well, like, you know, if you really want me to make a video on this phone, I will make a video on this phone. And like out of all the places to put it, YouTube probably makes the most sense. People don't really go to Twitch for VODs and, you know, other platforms limit your video size to one minute, et cetera, depending what platform you're on. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's mostly what lives on my YouTube channel is just basically when I have an opportunity to make longer pre-recorded format videos, that's where they go. But YouTube is so like, unless you're uploading every single day consistently, they don't even tell your subscribers you have a new video. So you're not, you either have to take YouTube very, very seriously or kind of forget about it for a while, if that makes that sense. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Honestly, anyone that I did follow on YouTube at this point has switched over to Twitch, like regardless yeah. if they are just streaming or they're more edited, pre-planned video stuff, and they're just streaming on Twitch while they're making their video, like doing an editing stream of their process. Right. And then their YouTube channel has just mostly become VODs for their streams because Twitch uh, cuts them off after so many days. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, one question I do have to ask, though, is what's your favorite video game of all time? That's such a hard one to <laughs> what's ask. What's the single most important video game of your life? I, knowing that you have such a background in gaming, there's got to be maybe one that sticks out to you. Uh, my answer to this question is usually missed. Oh, um, damn. That is crazy. We had <laughs> Chuck Carter on the podcast a long time Star ago. Trek. He was, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was really cool. Yeah, usually I answer Mist, and that's because Mist came at a time in my life when, again, it had already been out for a few years at the time I got my hands on it. Um, and it was my freshman year of college, so it was the first year I was living in the dorms. It was the first year I didn't have a parent putting a time limit on how long I could game in a session. <laughs> um, so I could really, like, as long as I went to my classes, I could do what I want. Uh, and I had another kid in into sales tell me, oh, you'll never beat that without a walkthrough. And, like, especially my freshman year of college, like, I was such a goody two-shoes. I didn't drink. I didn't go to parties. I didn't anything. So I was like, Mm. okay, well, it's Friday. When I finish my classes today, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to beat this game without a walkthrough. Hell Um, yeah. And so I took all weekend. It was, like, 48 hours with lots of cup of noodles (laughs) and, you know, cup of noodles and water bottles Mm. getting through. Um, (laughs) But I beat the game without a walkthrough. I enjoyed it immensely. I fell in love with the lore. And so for me, it was kind of this, like – hybrid of, you know, yes, I've overcome this thing that people say is very difficult. And also, I think it was one of the first games that I ever played that was really made for adults. Like, I didn't feel like this was made for teenage boys. A lot of the Nintendo marketing, Sega marketing, all that kind of stuff was really marketed to like the 13-year-old boy or even younger. Um, But this, I was like, no, this is like a fully fleshed out, like as a kid that played a lot of D&D in high school, I was like, oh, I so appreciate this. Um, and so, yeah, I, I really, really appreciated Mist for that. And, you know, it's funny. I haven't played it in years, but I've been told that it doesn't hold up so well. <laughs> it, I'll, I'll disagree. I, it's nostalgia speaking. But, no, I love that game, too. And uh, I don't know. I can't blame you. I think that's such a great answer. Um, and then one other question I did have for you is for anybody that may be trying to get into hosting, acting, uh, the gaming industry, what kind of advice would you give to people just starting out? 
Oh, man. Well, it depends. Yeah, it depends what you want to do. If you want to do hosting or content creation. I mean, I see so many people that are like, I want to be a YouTuber, like kids and stuff like that, that want to get into content creation, or I want to be a pro gamer, or I want to be a streamer, etc. And they're all kind of different paths. Mm-hmm. Um, what I usually recommend is if you do live in an area where there are digital production companies nearby... See if you can intern with them. See if you can get a job as a PA or an editor, just so you can see how the whole process works. Um, and of course, then there's also those lovely stories of, um, like Wes the editor with Smosh Games, who started out as the editor and then was put on camera and ended up becoming a full time host. Um, and I think that that way in is a little bit more realistic than making content for free for years that no one's watching. Now, that being said, don't let that discourage you. If you think you have a type of content to create that like fills a niche and answers a need that no one else is doing right now, or you're just super passionate about it, even if everyone else is doing it, if everyone else is playing Escape from Tarkov and you really want to play Escape from Tarkov every single day, then do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, you have to expect – my biggest advice is for the first three to five years, and they always told me this about an acting career too, you have to expect to make no money and lose money. Right. If you're, if you're getting into this or any career expecting to make money or get famous or get rich, you're going to be very let down and miserable and you're going to burn out. <laughs> yeah. Like any business you get into, there's startup costs, there's the grind in the beginning before – Anyone even really knows who you are or you even really know who you are. You have to find that out through that process. Um, and yeah, just just keep doing it because you want to do it, not because you think you'll get rich and famous. For sure. I mean, you embody the grind. I feel like we're so grateful to have you on our program. And that's the thing. Maybe before we wrap up real quick, I wanted to see uh, if you'd want to play a quick conversation game with us. Heck yeah. All right, then let's play a quick game of What's That Sound? All right, guys, so we're playing What's That Sound. Uh, we got a couple sound effects from various video games here, and we're going to see if Trisha can identify them. Let's listen to sound number one now. Oh, wow. Any idea what that may be from? That's like a person reenacting the noises with their mouth, right? It's it's an actual sound effect. And Bren, you're able to weigh in on this. You're able to help Trisha if she's unfamiliar. But this is a really bizarre one. It's literally the sound effect derived from the game. Okay, hold on. I'm going to turn up my volume and listen to it one more time. Okay. And the funny, so uh, the funny thing is we have a helper sound, but it's not. it doesn't actually help anything. It's just more of the same. So let's listen to sound 1B now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so that doesn't help. I'm sorry. It's just <laughs> funny. <laughs> it sounds, it sounds, so 1B sounds more like some kind of like villain laughter. Um, and 1 sounds like some kind of cartoon thing falling. Oh, well, you're definitely on to something with that. I'll I'll tell you, you're very close. It, okay, you almost it have the title. Like something falling and then like bouncing on the ground a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. With the plop, because, plop, plop. It might be because uh, Trisha said it earlier, but like I'm getting King's Quest vibes. 
Oop, no, good guess. Okay. Very no. good guess. No, I wouldn't say King's Quest. I'm trying to... This is a more modern game, and I have a feeling is you're going to laugh when you found, find out what this is from. Is it Worms? It, no, but that's another good guess. All right, and the way the game works, you get one more guess, and then we'll move on to the next sound. Oh, and if you get two modern. of three sounds, you win. Uh, this game, like I said, if it, it sounds like guys falling, I mean, you're pretty close. Oh, uh, fall guys. Yeah. Fall guys. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to blow that. But no, you guys were like right there. Uh, But that was really fun. Uh, Yeah, that's just really goofy sounds. Uh, All right, so I'm going to give you guys that one. Let's see what you make of sound number two now. Uh, Well, that sounds like a fancy magical sword swinging. Yep. Oh, you are nailing what is actually happening in these uh, events. Except for not what the actual <laughs> the title game is. is. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's all good. I mean, is this a Zelda? Close. No. Uh, it's it? not Zelda, but I think Bren might know what this one is. I might have just watched a stream of this recently, so that might be why. But is it Chrono Trigger? No. That is a really good guess, though. Uh, okay. This one, all right. I will try to give you a hint, like but it doesn't help. It doesn't help Trisha at all. I was going to be like, this is one of my favorite games ever. <laughs> but <laughs> Bren knows me. me I know. I'm sorry. Uh, here. Let's think here. Oh, I. Oh, God. Mm. Yeah. You put here, this let's, game let, in here, Doug? Let's play the right. sound effect one more time for our listeners. Okay. And you do that hear a little hint. bit of the main character, like, in distress. It's yeah. It's very hard to pinpoint that's what i was i was hoping to focus more on like the magical sword sound well it's kind of a sword you actually having watched your stream recently trisha you have memorabilia of this game in your room yes shut up i'm looking around and it's not just a rabbit is it it transistor no it is Kingdom Hearts, uh, oh, that is, Kingdom Hearts. it was, we, I, I saw your Keyblade in the back there and I was like, I have to throw a Kingdom Hearts in there, but that wasn't very like distinguishable. <laughs> it was just very much just a very hard sound so effect. But you guys got Fall Guys. Uh, if you get this next one, you can win the game. Let's see what you guys make of sound number three now. Oh, I definitely know this song. I have a very big hint. And I know Bren has played this, too. I've played this a lot. I oh, so Bren knows. Okay. Oh, I know, yeah. Like I was, like, humming that song with it. Uh, is it... Is it a Final Fantasy? No. Very good guess. And I could definitely get that vibe from the, from the music. Mm-hmm. This one was streamed today by you. <laughs> well, hold on. <laughs> Yes, it is. (laughs) Okay, well, I, to be fair, I have only played this game for the two hours that I streamed today. That's completely fair. It's, uh, that was just random. (laughs) Also, for every single one of these, I don't know why, but I was like, retro games, retro games. Okay. I I was thinking that too. So, honestly, I, I didn't think they'd be as modern. We're known to throw retro games in there, so that's uh, we'll have to do that more in the like, future. I was waiting for like OG Halo Energy Shield or 
like NES, like like jumping on a Goomba or Damn. you know, well, that's like what I was I had, waiting for that stuff. I had uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild, the cooking jingle in there, and that's what I swapped out for Fair right. uh, Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's obviously, but I feel like that's at least a more identifiable sound effect. I'll do better next time. But you guys won the game. <laughs> No, we didn't, but thank you. (laughs) I thought the first one was Qbert. Oh, goddammit. Fair enough. All right, well... We're going to wrap this episode up. Thanks so much for joining us, Trisha. Let's oh, do some plugs. Trisha, oh, what's up, Brent? Real quick, real one last question, real quick. Uh, because you are also a PA native like us. Wawa or Sheets? Oh, no. Wawa. Don't do this to me, Brent. Yes! Wawa. Yes! Easy. That's I mean, right. have you had their chicken salad sandwich? It's delightful. Doug, you hear, you hear that? It's Wawa. It's fine. The answer's it's always fine. Wawa. Uh, I know that... The true PA people feel that way, but uh, you got to go to Sheets recently. Anyway, let's do some real anyway. plugs. Uh, Trisha, where can our listeners find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at that girl Trish with no I in the girl. So it's just that GRL Trish. And on YouTube and Twitch slash Trisha Hirschberger. Um, and yeah, I've been Twitch streaming four to five days a week. And the Dragon Ooh. Rider community is pretty strong and growing. So I, I honestly am so proud of that community. I feel like it's such a... A spot of light in such a dark time where everyone's just supportive and lovely and wonderful to each other and um our discord is open and yeah everyone's just super supportive and it's it's really a nice place for me to turn to when i'm feeling super isolated and i think a lot of the community relies on each other for that so they're lovely yeah absolutely it's a fantastic community check it out and brent how about you where can our listeners find you you can find me on twitter abts brendan and my anime podcast, Are We There Yet? A lot of anime. <laughs> and if you like our show, give us a like, follow, subscribe. We're findable at all the places at ABT Silence, especially twitch.tv slash ABT Silence, streaming a whole variety of games over there, myself and Brent included. And I also run a record label. It's MissedOutRecords.com if you want to see what kind of tapes and vinyl are available there for sale. And we can't thank you enough for joining us, Trisha. We wish you the best of luck with all your future endeavors. And that's going to do it for this week. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you. you.